0: Hey, book club besties, and welcome to Battle of the Tropes. Me and Kelsey came up with Battle of the Tropes as a way for our listeners to both support us and become part of the podcast process. So Battle of the Tropes, with each dollar you donate, counts as one vote, and whichever trope has the most votes by the end of the month will be the winner, and we'll be recording an episode on that winning topic the following month. Right now, we are between vampires and stalker romance, so be sure to check out the link below, or just go to battleofthetropes.com, and we so appreciate your support. Hello, and welcome to the HA Book Club. We're going to prom. Oh, it's at the front door. We're not going to prom, but it feels like we are. Me and Kelsey are both sweating. Mm-hmm. it's just moments ago we were facetiming and kelsey got bars delivered and she assumed they were from her sister and she opened on camera a card from none other than mr mt <laughs> there was you guys there was a lot there was a lot of feelings there are still a lot of feelings this is fresh this is very fresh and had how- To put it in like just the most succinct summary way, the shittiest two weeks, just the positive shittiest two weeks. And Mr. EMT decided to acknowledge that. And I, I mean, the flowers are in the frame right now because they're so pretty. I can't not look at them. I'm giddy. So that's why Summer says that we're going to frog. Because it's like, when else do you feel like this when you get like a random surprise happy jolly like left field like no one no one never brings me flowers you know i am so excited i that's why i thought it was my sister you know like she's the one who's she does that shit <laughs> I, <laughs> so yeah so we're buying a pro i guess summer's coming with me <laughs> this is our relationship i mean it's a little bit of everyone's at this point <laughs> for real I do believe we forgot our hello and welcomes, but we were just so excited. Like, guys, it was, it's happening in the now. You're here for it. <laughs> well, hello and welcomes to the ATA Book Club. I'm Summer O'Toole. I'm a romance author. And with me is my best friend and co-host, Kelsey, who's going to prom. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, let's do weekly hot, but That's we cool. all know what the weekly hot is for Kelsey. And what about my bisexual journey? <gasps> say that for another day. Oh, my God. No, wait. Th- th- that was sorry. Let me let me rephrase. We already know Kelsey's up- weekly dating column update a la Mr. EMT. We're going to prom now. Kelsey, tell me about your weekly hot. Go <laughs> okay. ahead. So I called up Summer on Friday night and I was like, Summer, tell me if I'm wrong, Summer, but I was basically like, Summer, make me look gay. That was essentially what I said to her. Because if you guys don't know, which you should by now, if you're a long-time listener, I am bisexual and I look very straight. I wear the same thing every single time I go out. It's cowboy boots, short shorts, and like a crop top. Like I just look super straight, which is fine because some days I am and some days I'm not. So I was trying to embrace my bisexuality and I wanted to be able to like, you know, put out that siren call of like, hey, I'm here for everyone. I'm not just here for men. So summer was a champ. Got up out of bed because, you know, time zone difference. Went outside and was like, FaceTime me. Let's go over the outfits together. Lo and behold, summer worked for magic. I had some input as well. I had a bisexual-friendly outfit on by the time that I left that I was feeling confident in, which is really what matters, right? Like, sure, you can, like, watch those TikTok trends and be like, oh, if we wear rings. You're gay. You know, we're, like, whatever those <laughs> things are. There's all the, the trends, There's all the things. But, I but, <laughs> right? but at the end of the day, it's what are you going to feel confident in? Because that's the vibe that you're putting out. So I was feeling great. Three drinks in, I was feeling more great which is just about where I tap out on my alcohol limit. I am very much a lightweight. Um, and then I decided to hit the dance floor. i sober, intoxicated. I'm always hitting the dance floor. So I am staring at this group of people. Everyone's gay. Like, I kid you not, it's a group of like seven people. Everyone is so very obviously gay. Granted, they could be bi. They could have been straight. They all looked, they all looked gay, though. So I thought my sights were set on an appropriate target. And one of the girls came up and just started dancing with me. And I was like, well, isn't this fun? Because I don't even have to put any of the legwork at this moment in time to try and figure out if they want to dance with me or if they're interested. And this girl is just basically like, I'm interested. Let's dance. So we started dancing. And then next to us on the dance floor was this other guy who I met the weekend before. And then he and I started dancing. And now the girl's stealing me from the guy. And the guy stealing me from the girl. And now we're in one sandwich together. And for like 90 straight minutes, it was just like me living my best bisexual life where we all grinded on each other. And it was, it was hot, y'all. It was hot. I was like, could I have a threesome with these people? You know what? Probably if it's as hot on the dance floor as it is off the dance floor. Nevertheless, it was, it was phenomenal. I woke up to a text from Kelsey the next morning that said, I lived my best bisexual life. I basically had a threesome on the dance floor. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I go to bed. I send her out into the world. We're in a cute outfit. Wake up to having a threesome on the dance floor. Accurate, though. What happened? Yeah. (laughs) When I started trying to describe to Summer and her girlfriend, like, where everyone's fans were and how they were migrating... Like God, it was basically a threesome. Right. Like I'm not saying that I was like getting fingered on the dance floor, because I don't go that far. But hands were getting places. Much excitement. The flowers, me remembering all the hands. am I ever gonna be able to eat lunch today. I don't know. Who knows? I'm i so, I'm so sweaty. I know <laughs> I feel. I'm ready to rip off my shirt. <laughs> <sighs> You're going to share about your life now? Oh, yeah, I can. Sorry, did I interrupt you with my long sigh? No, I was hoping that that was going to be like your your segue. Yourself, my segue. So my weekly hot is my... Oh, also, by the way, (laughs) what are we talking about today? Is a follow-up to two episodes ago when I was like, I'm writing a book in a month. I have written the book and we're going to talk about how it went and what worked, what didn't work, et cetera. My weekly hot. So I had a bunch of like alpha readers and a lot of them left comments on my manuscript. I think I talked about alpha readers readers last time, but in case you haven't listened to it, alpha readers are people who read your document, your book as you're writing it and give feedback. So it's really, really helpful. I'm definitely gonna do it in the future. And beta readers usually get the final manuscript after you've written your full first draft and give feedback on that, but alpha readers give as you write. So it was really, really helpful. But my weekly hot is some of the comments. They were just so funny, and I I have to read some. So one of my favorites was Sweats and Slut. <laughs> Another one, like when in regards to a spicy scene, um, I'm like leaning a little bit of context. Okay, yeah. let's fly. Fair. Spicy scene. I'm here for it. Spicy scene. So these are people like they, they like will highlight a passage, and and be and like with a comment, and a lot of times they're like, love this or like my my favorite blah blah. One of the chapter titles is the one where they finally bang, and <laughs> my friend wrote freaking finally. <laughs> But tell me, is that is that title going to stay in the book? In the <laughs> I think so. I think I'm going to leave it. Good. <laughs> another one that I thought was so funny, there was a quote that somebody highlighted and she was like, calling it now, this is going to be the most highlighted one in the book once it's published. And then a few chapters later, she highlights another one and she says like, just kidding, this one's going to be the most highlighted. Like, I'm not loyal, like sheds a slut tear. <laughs> We have, I am sickened. This is so cute. We have a, okay with the dad jokes, daddy. (laughs) So anywho, it's been a really good week. It's going to my editor tomorrow. We had a bit of a fiasco where the person that I had plans to do my proofreading with that I'd scheduled in like February, there was some admin mess up and she never actually had me booked. So when I emailed her... To be like, hey, here's the content warnings. She was like, Summer, great to hear from you. I don't have a booking. <laughs> and that was a bit of a panic, but I found some really lovely people who are gonna be able to do an emergency proofreading for me so I can still publish on time. Oh my gosh, that was my part for a second there. And it was a book writing. Yeah, because she because my initial proofreader was like, the earliest I could get you in is November 8th, and I'm planning on publishing in November, so it was not going to work. But she is a doll, and I really love her, so it wasn't on her. We've kind of, like, summarized with the last, like, couple weeks have been, right? I mm-hmm. don't Like, deadline. So right now, your book is where? My book is written, I have, like, a few final touches just to, like, change some typos that I've noticed. Oh, are you shaking your head at Della? Yep, yeah, sorry, she's begging. Hi, Della. Kelsey has her, a childhood dog with her for this week. Month. It's an emotional support dog for the time being. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly needed. <laughs> when your mom calls you up and says, Hi, I think you might need an emotional support animal. It's probably time. <laughs> Nevertheless, nevertheless, keep telling me about your book. <laughs> I've officially decided on a name. I don't know if we talked about names on the podcast, but it's been three different things. It is now officially make me the first book in the Fox Family Crime Syndicate series. I am gonna. I have to go back through and add footnotes for my songs, my playlist. But other than that, it is ready to go. I also had a epiphany on Friday. Yeah, last Friday. So today is Thursday, September 1st, whatever the previous Friday was. I had somehow in my head that September 2nd was the following Tuesday, but it wasn't. So I discovered that I had like a three, four extra days, which was also great. <laughs> what a good surprise. It was really amazing because I was like down to the wire and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to finish this. People are going to read it and I'm going to be able to affect, like make change. Let's talk about things that work. So definitely what worked was alpha readers. I am 100% going to have those going forward. They were so incredibly helpful on catching like either inconsistencies or things that didn't really make sense or add up, and I could fix them early, or have enough time to think it through and talk it out, like the plot holes, with somebody who knows the story instead of trying to have to like do it on my own and think and you know being able to spitball with people is great. shawnee who was on our podcast for the Slacious Players Club, she was one of my alpha readers and. I called her many times at like 9 p.m. being like, how is this going to work? So shout out to her. It really felt like a collaborative process, which was really fun. Because most of my books have been, not only have I been less involved in the book community in general, I also didn't have alpha readers. So I was the only one who really knew my full plot. Kelsey kind of knew it but didn't know like the granular details. So it's been really fun being able to like share the story with people as it's being written. What definitely worked was continuing to watch The Office as my like brain breaks because I don't know, it just really worked. <laughs> Maybe it's just cause that's like my hyper fixation right now. Also onion dip and ruffles i can't tell you how much onion dip in the last week i've eaten it's like kind of disgusting but that's like a supreme combination right there so good like that's what my grandma used to eat all the time i'd always walk out of like the guest bedroom where i'd be staying and she'd just be munching like all day long and i'd be like how and then i'd be like i get it so good okay wait i have a question though about your alpha readers yeah how much time do you think your alpha readers? save compared to like your beta readers right because don't your beta readers technically get it after you're done writing it, and then they like give you back feedback but it's harder to like make those final changes right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah in terms of like actual timeline like how much time have they saved me and being able to condense the timeline has probably been about three weeks oh yeah because usually i'll send it out to beta readers so my beta readers will get through it quicker, but usually it takes about two weeks for them to read the whole manuscript, getting back their feedback, and then about a week to make the changes. But with this, I'm not doing a beta round, but I don't feel like I need one. And there's I've also had some people who've been reading it from the beginning, and then I had some people who just read it like in the last two days. So they got like a more complete like cohesive story. So, because I feel like sometimes the alpha creators if you're reading it chapter by chapter, you might not like remember the full story arc as a whole. So, it was good to get the feedback like during and then with the changes. In terms of like rewrites and how much time that I've spent making changes, it's definitely cut down, but I wouldn't say that the amount of time I spent making changes is it's maybe like half as long as if I was making changes post. Does that make sense? It does. But is it less stressful? Does it feel more cohesive to you doing the changes yeah. with the alphas versus the betas? I think so. Mostly because I have more wiggle room in just like my mental creativeness if that makes sense like once I finish a draft I've been like okay I did it this is it this is you know I went from place a to place b with the journey that I'd planned and then having to go back and make changes is always kind of like but I finished this story you know yeah like why would I have to make any changes now I liked it the way it was yeah and I always always like it better after I make the changes, but at first, it's kind of like, I've already finished this. I've moved on, but now I have to go back. So definitely in terms of, like, being able to make changes and then also not having to write, like, a whole story arc and then realize that there's a huge plot hole. I did freak out minorly. I don't know if I called you about this, but there's the main character, Harlow, her best friend, Beth. Is the one who gets murdered in the very first chapter. It's the premise of the story. I'm not giving anything away. <laughs> Beth's family's history plays into the storyline. And somebody pointed out a few things that did not make sense. And we're like, if this is like the type of family she came from, then these like four things that are critical to the plot as you've written them, like these three characteristics of Beth. Don't make sense. Like they're at a contradiction with each other. And then I that was like on Friday, so I was like, pretty big, yeah. So I was like, how am I like? I'm gonna have to change her profession. I'm gonna have to change so much stuff. That turns out it was actually a very simple. Like just adding a little bit more backstory and like tweaking a little bit of that backstory. It was an easy fix. I'm stressed out again. Whenever I, I watch your book, I'm like, "Oh no, what happened next?" Like, I know it's already happened, but I only get bits and pieces of it. And I feel like sometimes you call me up and you're like, "This is the middle of whatever's happening," and then I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like, how can I help? How can-, can I be a friend or you know whatever? I just I stress out. You know when stuff happens in the past. Yeah, remember the previous times that you've written books and previous stressful things that happened, and it still stresses me out. Publish the book. And I still am like, God, that was like a stressful time. Like, yeah. in a little hot over here. <laughs> Do you remember when I called you last week? And I was like, I just wrote the plot twist scene. And I know, like, what the plot twist is. Like, I planned <laughs> it. Like, I know, like, what's happening. And I am anxious. Like, and my heart is beating. And like, I know this isn't, like, I know the twist. <laughs> I mean, and you're like, you kept on. I don't know how anxious you were for, like, until you kept writing again. You were like, I'm still anxious. I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, it draws us in. This is a good thing. I've also figured out that one of my consistent problems is making my heroines not, like, pull their full weight in the relationship. Or it's, like, more one-sided, where the guy is just, like, a total sim is you know moving mountains for her and to me i'm you know it makes sense and i'm like all about the man like pulling all the fireworks and stuff out but when you're reading it it does come off one-sided and you don't want your readers to think that the like not like the main heroine so that's like been a notorious issue for me and there's this one part where Most of my alpha readers were like, come on. Like, she needs to start acting like she likes him. So I ended up adding, like, an extra scene that wasn't planned to kind of, you know, make her, like, pull her weight in the relationship, basically. Which was necessary. We need that. We need, like, some, what's the word? Not, like, collaboration, but, like, cohesiveness. Yeah, especially yeah, especially when, because I know I've read books where I've, like, loved the hero so much, and the heroine just, like, pisses me off, and I'm just, like, mad the entire time that he's so amazing, yeah. and, like, she's the one who gets him. Yeah. So as much as we love amazing men, if they're too amazing, and the heroine isn't also, like, being amazing... I feel like I'm not making sense. Am I making sense? I oh, know it's making sense. You want an equal relationship. Like, I don't want to be reading a yeah. book where I'm in love with one character and their perfect match is someone who just falls so obviously subpar. So I'm in love with this character, like this, let's say this heroine, and I believe that they deserve the world, but then all of a sudden the hero to their heroine is just like this subpar human. And you're like, no, like you deserve better, but obviously you're not writing the book, and you're just kind of along for the ride. So at that point you're like, great, I'm going to be mad that this amazing heroine ends up with this subpar human who's the hero. Like, this blows. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when I'm writing, I am more in the heroine's perspective. And I'm like, how is the guy going to win over her? I feel like in general, as romance novels, there's like the guy is the one who's like grappling. The guy is the one who has to like change his habits, change blah, blah, blah. Most of the time. So usually I'm starting out, like, the heroin's great, and the guy has to, like, meet up to her, but my heroines have been falling flat. So that was helpful to be pointed out because apparently it's a continuous issue. (laughs) I was just talking with someone the other day about, I was describing to them, I don't know how they missed this, you know the expression, like, the bar is on the floor? Yeah. Yeah they had missed that they had missed that that was a whole thing and i'm like i'm pretty sure it's public knowledge that the bar is on the floor for most guys or that it's the bar is so low and like that is it's not even just like a meme like that is just that is like widespread knowledge and i ended up putting a buzzfeed article about it being like this is how well known this is like there's articles about this shit and they were like i just had no idea but anyways, I bring this up because even though in our culture right now, we're very much like the bars of the floor for guys and we're like romanticizing women, like, let's be honest, like, it can go both directions, you know, mm-hmm. both in the writing and in life. So it makes sense that like in your mind, you're like, this person's phenomenal. I'm used to them being phenomenal, but actually having to show that is something else entirely. Yes, that was. In Storn to Fight, that was a big issue with Tilly, is that from my perspective, Tilly, you know, loved Jonas, was so grateful for everything he was doing. Like, the, the emotions and care was there. And it just made sense because of Jonas's character that he was the one always stepping in as the protector. But when one of my beta readers was like, he is practically killing himself and she's just sitting there so that's how i ended up changing the ending of stolen to fight initially there was a lot less of tilly's involvement in like the f- finale and i obviously like it so much more this way it's not like on purpose <laughs> it's just like a blind spot i have which is yeah so well these steps of like alpha and beta rears and sata readers and data readers and (laughs) making them all up but i i I do know who they are but it makes sense that it's like i can't even imagine what it's like as an author like how vulnerable it must be to be like this is my story read it be nice but at the same time don't be too nice otherwise i'm not going to grow as an author and other people aren't going to like it you know then it'll be like "We're, we're reading these stories we're mad at like the subpar human and you Mm -hmm. don't want that for your writing but like Mm -hmm. that must be such a vulnerable experience yeah I think it's like so exciting to share the characters and the story with people and I just have to remind myself and for anybody who wants to write a book absolutely do it one two when you get feedback think like I try to think about it in terms of like, this is not criticism to me, my book, or my characters. Like, I love my story. I love my characters. I want the best for them. And when you get feedback to make it that much better, it's like very rewarding. So anytime I get feedback, even if it like stings at first, I know that it's gonna be better down the line. I just in my I had a whole conversation with you. Oh, did you? <laughs> I didn't realize that maybe I should have said it out loud after I just pictured it all in my brain all by myself. I mean, feel free to cut this absolutely. <laughs> but you were talking about writing a book, and you said anyone should write a book, and I thought to myself, I should write a book. And then I was like, Well, summer, would you ghost write a book for me? And then I continued to have a very long conversation in my head with you about you potentially ghost writing a book for me, and then us co-writing a book, and then us taking a H.E.A. weekend, going to some beach and writing like a novella together. So I really just went places in my brain. Oh, my God. Wow. We journeyed. We really journeyed. We really journeyed. I absolutely would never ghostwrite a book for you. I was thinking. Because my hubris needs the attention. (laughs) Like, I don't know why ghostwriters are a thing. I'm like, who wants to... Ghost write something and not get any credit, not me <laughs> unless it's like like I get it when it's like a politician or an like an influencer and they're writing their book, and you have a ghostwriter because like you need help making it quality, yeah, but in terms of like a story or like a fiction book, no way, no, no way. well, I was thinking if I were to write a book I was thinking that it'd be more like fiction. And then I was thinking, would you help me? And then I was like, she wouldn't. But she'd probably direct me in the right direction. And then I went on the journey of, we should just take a weekend and write like a novella together, because I think that'd be fun. So really, I just continually going places in the library. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, if you like, want to try to book, I would absolutely help you like plotting ideas, inspiration, all of that. But in terms of like, Ghostwriting it and gain no credit? No. <laughs> there's no way that I could ask you to ghostwrite a book for me. I, I guess ghostwriting is like no one ever gets credit, but like there's no way that I could ever have you help me write a book and not give you credit. <laughs> <laughs> like, first off, you're obviously on my acknowledgements page. Like, zero. Oh, yeah. Duh. But like, even past that, like you need to be on the cover somewhere. You know, like you there would need to be like, well, like, someone summer, summer wrote this book. Like, someone <laughs> wrote this book. Like, beyond just like, Whatever happens in the ghost writing world. I don't know. Do they really just get no credit whatsoever? I don't think so. Like not even like this was ghost written by X and Y publishing company. I, I don't know. But I feel like that's the that's the point. Maybe. Like if I was to write a book with anybody, it would be you. It would not would absolutely not you'd pick one of your other book friends i, don't. I think you would like, really i think you would yeah because i feel like you're the person i can be like the most honest and brutal with yes but you're building up relationships with all your book friends and because it's so book centric i think you guys would be able to have a lot more conversations on the same page versus me who's like what's the reverse here Not really because I love reverse harems, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's a different, you speak a different language when you write a book. And I feel like you'd want someone who'd be able to match that as well. That's fair. That makes sense. Speaking of Kelsey's lack of something, yesterday she called me because I was like, hey, can you test this link in our show notes? And she's like, okay, so... We clarified some things about the link. And then she goes, okay, so now how do I find our phone? <laughs> she was like, okay, I'm on, I'm on Google Podcasts. Are we on Google Podcasts? Because she was on her computer, not her phone. And, and, I was, and I was on a walk with Gabby. And Gabby, I was, like, I was like telling her after and I was laughing. And she was like, doesn't Kelsey listen to your podcast? Because don't podcasts usually say like, we're on blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Which, by the way, guys, we're on Google Podcasts. We're not listening on Google Podcasts, but I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you're listening on a platform you like. But you, know, I nearly <laughs> so bad I died and left so hard. I'm so embarrassed for myself. <laughs> but at the same time, I have minimal embarrassment because I'm at least that's saying how it is, <laughs> <laughs> yes, with my knowledge. <laughs> So, we have a good understanding about who does what. Mm-hmm. This relationship. <laughs> Just sometimes my, my lack of knowledge definitely shines really bright and humorous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I die. I die. So we all have our strengths. And Kelsey has a lot of mental energy going other places. And that's why we have to feed up the roles the way they are. One of the things that I started doing was reading again, because I've been reading very sparse while I've been writing, and I got The Never King by Nikki St. Crow, her special edition, because I signed up for her Patreon because I wanted the pretty special edition, and I'd been waiting to read this series because I knew I was going to be getting the paperback. So The Never King is like a dark retelling of Peter Pan and Wendy. It's a why choose. And they're all novellas. So there's The Never King, The Dark One, Their Vicious Darling just came out, I think today or like yesterday. So I'm reading the first one, which is The Never King. And it's very short, but very smutty. It's just so good. It's, like, breathing air back into me. It's just, it's very, like, carefree. There's, like, the dark elements, but then they're also just, like, banging. Like, right off of the bat, they're just banging. And all of a sudden, they're, she's having a three-way with twins right after getting railed by Peter Pan, like, two nights into her kidnapping. I'm here for it. For it. I'm here for it. Even as you started, you were like, okay, getting railed by twins, and I'm, like, here for that. I mean, (laughs) like, two days after getting railed by Peter Pan, and I was like, well, I used to have a crush on him as a kid, so still here for that. Oh, no, no, sorry. Let me clarify. Oh. Like, back to back to Peter Pan. Like, Peter Pan fucked her. Then the twin started fucking her. The other twin joined in. Okay, I'm still here for that. Same scene. Like, we're on, like, the next page. And this is two days into her kidnapping because the premise of the story is so her name's Winnie and her last name's Darling. And every or er, every darling woman on their 18th birthday goes missing and comes back insane. Sometimes they're gone for weeks, sometimes they're gone for months, sometimes it's just days. And Winnie has grown up with like a crazy mom who is like Always moving and always doing like, like paying for different like witch magic and stuff. That's like, she thinks it's all fake because she thinks her mom's crazy and is, you know, scared of this non existent boogeyman. And but then on her 18th birthday, Peter Pan actually does come and kidnap her and takes her to Neverland. So she's like, my crazy mom is not crazy. I mean, she is, but like the root of her craziness is real. So, Peter Van banged both her wall for grandma, for mom's mom, and her. Sorry. They also have a rule we don't touch the darlings. So, I'm pretty sure this is the first darling they've fucked, which at first I was like, mm. I'm getting a little. I'm like, is, is Whitney like his daughter? i was gained some weird vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there was going to be some relation somewhere. Maybe there still is. I haven't finished the series. Obviously, I don't think there is, though. And because they made it very clear in the beginning, like we don't fuck the Darlings, we don't touch the Darlings. So that's why it's like, but they kidnap you. Them. They kidnap them because there's there's something that Peter Pan, like there's information that the Darling family is supposed to know, and he's trying to get that information. So. Every time one of them turns 18, he is like, Oh, this is a good year to to kidnap them. Good mm-hmm. birthday. Yeah. Alright, well it's mine, so I can excuse all those confusions. Yeah. Still here for Dalian, railed by three different guys though. Yeah, and they're all really hot. It's all really nice. One of them has like He has, like, a dark shadow sort of thing. We haven't really figured out, or at least me so far. We don't have a lot of information about him. But we just know he's, like, very, like, violent, mean. But he definitely has a primal kink. And we all know I love that. And I just can't wait for those scenes because I know they're coming. Like, there's, there's, like, in Neverland there's also you know like some girls on the island who are there and fame who is this one i'm talking about he like peter pans like you, you know like you're too tense like you need to go get rid of some of this energy like go chase cherry and cherry like the next day is like covered in like scratches and bruises and stuff and i'm just so excited for those scenes i'm intrigued I read about a gargoyle. One of those books that we were told to read. I read oh, a- which one? Let me tell you. Once I look up the name. <laughs> Did you read Titan? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Not linear. Okay, round. I haven't read it yet, but tell me about it. I mean, gargoyles are definitely more interesting to me now as creatures. Definitely, like. This particular gargoyle's tail has an erogenous note on it. So not only do they have just like a massive dick because they're just massive creatures with like kind of like this like scaled ridged situation. So it's just kind of like the best dildo that you could have. They also have an erogenous tail. So like this girl keeps getting fucked, both with the tail and with the dick at the same time. So like tails up the ass, dicks in the vagina (laughs) sounding really eloquent right now but it just (laughs) there was definitely some very hot scenes the storyline was there it was good. when you say like the tails in the roger the sound you're talking about for the gargoyle like he is getting pleasure out of yes when he's fucking her both in the ass and otherwise and his tail is like getting that friction Yes, that is definitely a, like, a makes him nut nearly every single time. He was a daddy. So Titan is a daddy. I don't know if that was established last week or not, but he's, like, full on daddy. Like, from day one, he's like, I'm I'm your daddy. Like, I'm full on your daddy. I will take care of you in every way possible. And he continues to do that both in great ways and in not great ways. But in the end, it's, of course, an HEA. Well, what? it's an HEA, but there's like another book in the series. Gotcha. What's your, what's your rating? I didn't love all the writing. Okay. That's kind of what I've heard as well. Like, good premise, but I want to say it's almost like I, I've been reading a lot more like detail heavy books recently, I think, as well. So to go from like a detail heavy, like beautiful world fill story to this girl gets laid by a titan sorry by a barbara whose name is titan and they have a daddy kink thing going on just the writing was a lot more simplified and i think a lot of that was just because of like the slut and just how the story rolled but i think i'm personally more in the mood of world building writing so i like my rating right now is like a five but I also think it's because I'm in the mood for something different. Not five out of five? Out of ten. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, no. <laughs> I was uh, five out of time, this tone in my voice, right? Now. I know. That's why I was like, Ooh. but the smut was loud. Like I was here for a smut, I reread a couple of the scenes and I was like, Oh, I can have some fun with this. <laughs> so I uh, like the smut. I was like, all right, let's bookmark that. Let's bookmark that. I've actually I as we all know I'm a noob when it comes to kindle unlimited and kindle looks like to be forever to figure out where the bookmarks were i just learned how to i'm sorry not the bookmarks where the quotes were when you quote stuff i just figured oh, out i did thank you the highlights I, I yeah okay so i just figured out where the highlights are not just but like six months ago and i just figured out the purpose of bookmarking or the joys of bookmarking And you could just bookmark all of the smutty scenes, and then you can keep the book in your Kindle library, and then you can use it as erotica later when you want to masturbate. Amazing. So that's what I've been using it for, my bookmarks. I do have to say that the biggest compliment I think romance authors can get is if somebody masturbates to your book. Oh my gosh. Too bad I'm not on Goodreads, because I tell all sorts of people that I masturbate to their books. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if to put that on my with that great but I don't think I could handle public scrutiny. Somebody told me to my face they've masturbated to your book. Mm-hmm. That's such a big compliment. I know. I was like, seriously, that's the best compliment ever. We were both drunk. So I feel like that's why it was flowing. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like I met her and she was like, oh my God, great book. I I jacked off to it. <laughs> I'm low key I'm afraid that I'd do that to someone one day though. But still, like if you're writing that stuff, like you know the potential. You gotta know. When did you get drunk with someone? It was my cousin's wedding. Okay. Yeah. I said no myself stuffer. Like you? You live like head down in this book. Like when have you had a chance to have fun and get drunk? No, this is me. Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. But actually last night me and Gabby went on a it's an accidental date night and I was, you know, in a good mood and I was being like goofy and we were having drinks and she was like, Summer, like you're in such a like goofy mood. Like you've just been so focused lately. And she's like, this is so fun. And a part of me is like, have I been like such a bore? (laughs) Um, But I have been very much like, like last weekend we went to her mom's house and one of our really good family friends came over and I had told them like, a week earlier like I'm gonna be writing this weekend but I was like okay you guys get dinner with me and you get one drink either like before or after dinner and like that's it it's official so been very focused. I just paid off because it's happened and it's finished and it's like on deadline which is I amazing. feel good much lighter yeah enough to have like goofy random date nights yeah and enjoy them yeah that's so jolly. It's also this one place they have this drink called "Talk to Me Nice," and which is very ironic because the book he does not talk to her nice <laughs> at all. I mean, he does some. There's a lot of like degradation, but also praise, so it's a good mix. But it's so good, and I like. I'm not sure there's alcohol in it. I mean, there is because I get drunk from it, but it does not taste like has alcohol in it. So it's just like sipping a Kool Aid. I swear to God. Was it Kool-Aid flavor? Like, what's, what's the flavor profile? It's like gin. There's some, like, limey, citrusy. Actually, I'm going to lift this up just because I can. Well, dude, I'm so sweaty. <laughs> are you still sweaty over the last things that we were sweaty about, or are we sweaty about something else now? We're just sweaty because it's hot in here with the AC off. PG&E set me email being like, we'll have a power saving event between 4 and 9 p.m. today. And I'm like... As if you're going to get me to save my power once and <laughs> outside. Yeah, sure. You're going to be paying my hospital bills because I had to save my power <laughs> during this time. Heat exhaustion, for real. In South Africa, they have like scheduled rolling blackouts, and but when I was studying abroad there, I was on the same like energy plane or grid or whatever as one of the president's like residents. So I'd only happen like twice. And usually they were supposed to happen like once a week. We're blessed. Yeah. Okay. Talk to me nice is gin. Lime in quotation marks. Which I like asked them like. What does lime in quotation marks mean? But it's I think it's like a lime syrup. Okay. So sugar. Lemongrass. Basil. Lime leaf. And salt. Oh, it does have salt in it. Sometimes I'm like. Yo, this is, like, salty. That makes sense though. It makes sense to put the salt in with all that acidity, though, to kind of, like, cut it. Yeah. So if they put in too much salt, that makes sense. I have two basil plants right now. Mm-hmm. Also, they always put a flower in it and a giant lime. I hate when people give me a drink with, like, a tiny little lime squeeze. If they give me, like, a fat pinwheel. It always has a flower in it. It's really pretty. I like this place. Take me to this place and let. Oh, I will. It's within walking distance. Oh. Even better. Even better. Oh, yeah. I was saying that I have a basil plant. Maybe I should make myself some fancy drinks one of these nights. I support those. I support this venture, too. This so is Summer, alcohol has gotten me in the mood to ask you some questions about your book okay <laughs> like somehow it relates it relates to my mind so let me ask the question okay so your character your main characters what drink would they be if they were an alcoholic drink or not an alcoholic drink they don't have to be an alcoholic i'm okay. like i need to get a vibe it's like i know the general gist of your characters but i have been so out of touch with this book writing that yeah. it's teaser for me yeah. Okay. I think I think Cash would be like an Irish whiskey. Okay. Hey, also, tell us who these people are. Okay. Cash is the main character. He's also like a crime boss. Okay. Hottie. You <laughs> have tattoos. Oh, tattoos everywhere. yeah. Oh, <laughs> tattoos turn me on. Like, there's no doubt about it. Oh for sure. Like his tattoo is the basis of the plot. Spoiler? No. Okay. Okay, so I think he would be an Irish bit whiskey as like maybe like what he'd be if he was a drink. But I also feel like he would if like he was to order a drink, I'm feeling like he would go for mezcal. Like a smoky tequila. That's, you know, very, like, but a fancy one. He's kind of, like, abrasive, smoky. Sounds like he's yeah. intoxicating okay. as well. Ooh, yes. He's very intoxicating. Just based off of that alcohol choice. Okay, next character. So Harlow is our main female character. And... I feel like she'd be a dry wine. Like a dry red wine. But I also feel like what she would order. Ooh, that's a good question. She's a wine girl, I think. Just like through and through. So, follow up question. Mm-hmm. If your main characters were an animal, what would they be? Okay. Okay. Is it going to be obvious? Trash, obviously. <laughs> yeah, he's obviously going to be a fox. His last name's is Fox. There are a variety of kind of foxes, though. I'm sorry. Look at that. Look at your options. Okay. The typical, like, your, your quintessential coppery red fox. Okay. Hot. I'm into it. Yeah. Okay. Red fox the largest of the true foxes and we're the most widely distributed members of the order carnivore that, i feel like that fits he's very much top of the pooching harlow i feel like she would be like a pity mix because she might be kind of like abrasive a little skittish at first but is really just like a big love bug average intelligence Nothing like exceptionally clever, <laughs> which isn't really her fault. It's more like, <laughs> okay. so, right on this, yeah. So Harlow go, she like puts herself undercover to try to find her friend's killer, and she isn't like a mastermind about it, but that's because she's not like an, a trained undercover agent or criminal so like she's doing her best like she's an intelligent person but but like she's trying to do a task that she wasn't trained for okay like me and my job right now i respect it <laughs> 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 but i would also like to emphasize that this isn't like a too stupid to live heroin situation where she's just like a ditzy dumb person who doesn't know anything that's going on <laughs> i'm vibing so we have their alcohol drinks or their their choices what kind of alcohol it would be and then what kind of it would be? be me something but call me witchy sure call me witchy but that feels like a good tone before i read your book like you know that like giving me a good vibe Let me what does that have to do with the witch i don't know man. I would like, you know, when people like put stock into things, like call me like a horoscope believer, but I feel like I can get a vibe from it. I don't believe in horoscopes, but it's like a thing. Basically, I, I think I'm falling. You're like, if I believed in horoscopes and if you were giving me your character's horoscopes, I would have an idea going into this book of the Babs. So instead, our horoscopes are animals and drinks. And you have an idea of the vibe. Yeah, I'm like a vibe feeler-outer right now. But I was trying to make it something better than that. <laughs> I think that's all you have to say is like, oh, that gives me a good idea of the vibe. I'm a witch and I don't believe in horoscopes and I'm vibe-feeling. But the, but the way I started the sentence, I had to put like a word in there that was like witch. Like I had to put something in there that like made sense, like... Just the way that I structured the sentence. Yeah. Which is terrible. Yeah. Less. I now understand the vibe of your characters better, so thank you for that. <laughs> You're so welcome. Sorry, <laughs> that was such a struggle to get there. It's probably a sign that we should wrap up. Obviously, our brain powers are... are now I can't think of the word. Are diminishing. Go Dwindling. <laughs> Finished a book. It's going to be available for pre order in the link below. It's called Make Me, the book one in a new contemporary crime syndicate romance. You can think of it as a mafia romance, but it's not Italian. So don't be expecting any like Dantes or Nicos. And it's not, they're like, they're Irish, but it's not like the Irish mob. So, anywho, take that as you will. The dark romance, very dark, super spicy, way spicier than my other books. And pretty heavy on the dub con so definitely check triggers the link will be available to it also i'm reading the never king by Nikki st crow also super dark and super spicy and i am loving it i just read titan and it was good for a couple of masturbation sessions <laughs> So that's where I'm not in my book reading right now. Otherwise, I am currently not reading anything, and I'd fix that. So work in progress over picking a book over here. Probably just based on whatever we're talking about next week. Hey, listeners, before you go, please check out battleofthetropes.com to vote for our next episodes coming up in October. Right now, we are voting between vampire romances and stalker romances. So if you want to help support our podcast while also helping us choose next month's content go ahead and go to battle of the i was gonna say like happy birthday merry christmas which doesn't make sense we need to we need to wrap this baby up <laughs> all right Kelsey, thanks for being my best friend love you love you too <laughs> and everybody listening we will see you next week toodles, toodles.